Hello and welcome to episode 13 of series 2 of the Shooting Zars podcast. I'm Stuart Marshall with Bryce Colmay and Alex Grant. Gents, hello. Bye-bye, baby, baby, goodbye. Songbird of a generation. Alex Grant, ladies and gentlemen. Why are you singing that, Alex? Because we've got some news on the Shooting Zars. We do, actually. Um, for those loyal listeners that have listened to us over the past few months from when we started doing the World Cup podcast uh, to this point, this is actually going to be our final ever episode of the Shooting Zars football podcast because um, circumstances have changed. As Alex. <laughs> the circumstances oh. have changed um, and logistically we won't be able to no longer do this podcast, which is a shame because obviously it's only 10 games into the Premier League season, but this one's a bit out of our control. So, boys, what do you Oof. think? Sorry, just <coughs> downing a nice water and it tastes fantastic. <laughs> I yeah, can, look, yeah. Sorry, Granty, you go, mate. Yeah, I, I can still do it. So for all the listeners, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me either. So I don't know what's happening. Something's happening. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, let's not play the blame game now, lads. Come on, we've had a good time. Yeah, we, can, gonna, do, we can do that off. Yeah. We've had a great run. It's been yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So this episode might be a little different from most. Obviously, we're going to cover off the biggest issues in the Premier League, uh, do a recap of that, but we're going to get a We're going to give our tips for the... <laughs> the Premier League <laughs> title. Yeah. <laughs> Early doors. Early Who's going to win it? Early doors. Ten games in. But we're also going to... <laughs> we're also... We're, also, uh, we're going to be a little self-indulgent and forgive us uh, because we're actually going to run past... We're going to brush over some old memories from our first series. We've got about four. We're going to take a little lane. trip down memory lane. For those who have listened the whole time, it may jog your memory slightly. So that'll be towards the end of the, the episode. But obviously the start of the episode will be surrounding... The English Premier League. Um, and before we start, make sure you do subscribe and like us and do all that sort of stuff. Because you'll see so much redundant. new content. I guess we'll, we'll leave watch. it dormant. And we'll leave it dormant. Yeah, I think that's the best yeah. way. You never it. know, but for the meantime, it's it's going to go. I might post some teasers go. out and then not deliver on them. Yeah, <laughs> so. Let this be a fair warning to you. <laughs> Price, so price, yeah, price. the fantasy the fantasy is gonna get scrapped as well if you listen. No, to yeah, it definitely is. I'm third last. I, I I'm <laughs> definitely happy with that. Fantasy league's still going. We'll still be posting updates on Instagram. I'm sure. Connor's already won it, hasn't he, Stu? Yeah, he's up there, Mr. Devlin. But he knows who he is. Nah, I live with Stuart, and he's so committed to it. It is ridiculous. Every we're doing your fantasy team. Yeah. Oh no, Stu. Oh well, yeah, I'm gonna do mine now, and then he'll spend about two hours <laughs> doing it, and like. <laughs> Got notes. I can, I can, oh. There's got to be a textbook, some documents. I'm, I'm well ahead of you in the fantasy stakes, Alex. So this sounds a little, well, a little bit jealousy. No, no. Just focusing our energies on proofs in the pudding, things, mate. Yeah? Proofs in the pudding. You do a lot. Of, you do put a lot of time into it, and you know. Good on you, Stu. Thank you. All right, that's enough from us. Let's um, let's get moving because we wasted a couple there. But that's the scope of this episode. So thank you for listening and all that sort of thing. We'll be revisiting our history later in the pod. But the Premier League. Um, Probably one of the saddest days in the Premier League for a long, long time, I would say, over the weekend. One of the saddest weekends um, in recent memory, for sure. Um, obviously, the tragedy surrounding the Leicester City Football Club and their owner um, and the helicopter crash that occurred outside the King Power Stadium. You know, not good news at all. Obviously, there's been a lot of deaths and there's obviously a lot going on in the UK at the minute surrounding this issue and tragedy. Man City's Riyad Mahrez tri- uh, paid tribute last night by... Obviously, scoring the winner against Spurs and has dedicated that goal to the owner of Leicester City, who's now passed away, who died in that uh, helicopter crash. Bryce, what's uh, what's the latest and what's your what's your take, mate? 
Oh, it's it's hugely sad. I think he was he was a man that came to Leicester when they were on their knees in 2010, got him in the championship and got him promoted to the Premier League. And he said when he got promoted, he's going to bring uh, Leicester City to the top five of the Premier League within three or five years. And I think people at the time kind of laughed at him, but he had a dream and he invested his money and time into the club and they ended up winning the Premier League in one of the most, uh, for me, the most unforgettable Premier League season I've ever watched. And I think it kind of showed that anything is still possible in top flight football at a time when we thought the juggernauts with a lot of cash were the only ones that could win it. So I think he's he's got a legacy there. And um, yeah, so my thoughts go out to him and his family, but he's, he's definitely an icon of that club. Absolutely. And there was quotes from... Um Kasper Schmeichel, who said that when he got signed at the club in 2010, the owner, and his name is uh, Vichay Shrivdanaprabha, um, that he said when he signed him that within six years they're going to play Champions League and yeah. actually did that as well, which is, even, which is even more amazing. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic what he did. So it seems like he really was one of the owners that delivered to the town and delivered to the city that he was stationed in and I obviously liken it to Newcastle's situation and Mike Ashley who's the polar opposite of Leicester City's uh, owner yeah for Chai millions of dollars to the local children's hospitals donated money everywhere everything a real philanthropist of the of the town and then he just got along with all the players and was very hands-on with the players they all knew him had a great rapport with him but he, and he stayed away from the spotlight as well never found himself in controversy rarely doing media and interviews so just he was he was one of the good ones so it's very sad very sad, and uh, Leicester have now, they're going to consider renaming their stadium after him, which uh, I think is pretty fitting in given the circumstances. Definitely. Um, so, of course, in these situations, life does take over, as you would expect, and football really is only a game, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, it's, it's terrible for the club, and um, obviously everyone involved, and yeah, obviously, my deepest sympathies go out for his family, and and everyone, like you said, involved. Um, it's not. It's not good. Um, it's not what you want. Want to be hearing after you know after a weekend of football. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd, like Leicester now will probably be in a bit of a limbo, and but they'll 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 bounce back from it hopefully. And yeah, seems like they're a pretty strong club, and obviously there's a lot of tributes floating around uh, towards the the owner and whatnot. I know Roy Hodgson Bryce has come out and said a few words, so. Yeah, uh, very sad, but that's sort of the biggest news out of the weekend. And I guess from there, have you got any final words yeah, for us? Yeah, I'd just like to note um, Glenn Hoddle as well. Fantastic footballer for England. Um, he had a heart attack in the studio and he's in very serious condition in hospital at the moment. So thoughts gone out to him and hoping for a speedy recovery for, for Hoddle there. Absolutely. So two two stories of sad nature to take away. But obviously there was uh, never good to hear this sort of stuff. And there was games as well. So we will move to those games uh, now. And I guess... The biggest one, um, obviously our tributes go out to everything that's happened and I guess the biggest game of the weekend, as I mentioned, was Man City against Spurs and Mahrez dedicating his goal to the Leicester City owner. Um, now, Tottenham's stadium was in no state for a, a football match, would we agree? Al, you are a player. Um, you come across pitches every week. Yeah, it was an absolute cow paddock, wasn't it? it was and I guess it's never... When you see the NFL logo blazed on you know, blown up in the middle of Ugh. a Premier League matches pitch. It's not what you want to see, is it? Let's be honest. Um, but obviously money's money talks. Um, the NFL has, on several occasions now, made its way over to Wembley. Um, look, and I know Tottenham have got to play the, the home games there because the new stadium's being built, so that's just 
what they've got to deal with and obviously they played the night before I think it was don't care of the score don't <laughs> care who played uh, but anyway yeah it was uh, it, it probably did affect the game slightly there was a few chances there that probably should have been put away and I don't know the the players will argue they're, um, that the pitch played a part, but they paid hundreds of thousand pounds a week and they should be able to put the ball in the back of the net in any circumstance. Bryce, my question straight off that, Alex mentioned the pitch. Did the pitch play a factor in Eric, Eric Lamella? Um, Eric Lamella. Yeah, okay. Eric, Eric Lamella's shot that he scored over the bar. Look, I think it may have. When you watch the replay up close, Dilly Ellis played the ball in and it's bobbling about like a beach ball out there. And it's just, I mean... Probably definitely should have done better there, Lamella, with his talent. But he's it's just bobbled right at the uh, crucial moment for the Argentinian, and he's had a mare blazing it over to Rosette. And it just looked just looked awful, didn't it? Just have an NFL gear on a, a Premier League pitch. You'd think yeah. this day and age, that kind of stuff would. Uh, I don't. Know, and I think it's just kind of compounded the issues at Tottenham off the field with the pitch not being done, and it's just been um, noted that it won't be completed. They won't be able to play in it until the new year, which is. A long time after they said they could get in there, so yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it wasn't their new pitch, and their new stadium that they're building, they've built and designed it in a certain way that's um, suitable for NFL games. So it's like NFL games will be getting played at Tottenham's new stadium in the future. Why, why Hart Lane? Yeah, so their new stadium that they're building that won't be ready till the new year oh is being God. has been purpose built to host NFL games and Premier League games and football matches. So I hate that. That's gross. Yeah, I, I was just really surprised that they did it on the night before. Obviously, it's something that you see in Australia more because there's a lot more codes and whatnot that are native to this country. But yeah. we're surprised to see an NFL game being played there the, the night before at the Wembley Stadium, of course. So it's you know it's not their home stadium directly, yeah. even though it is kinda. I think there was there's obviously too much money involved into scheduling once they've scheduled an NFL game. And at the time they would have scheduled it and planned for everything, Tottenham should have been well and truly at the new and improved White Hart Lane. So I think it's just one of those things that because they've kind of mucked up with the renovations and everything that hasn't gone to schedule, that it's this is this is the circumstance and consequences of the, their failures to get the stadium open. Yeah. And, I mean, it may have kind of bitten them in the foot there with uh, Lamella blazing that chance over because of the, the poor pitch. So. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Swings and roundabouts. Alex, what's it like? Like, how much do the players, do you think, during the match, knowing that the pitch is bad, like, how much do you try not to let that affect you, if you know what I mean? Especially when you can tell that the ball's bobbling around and doing all sorts. Yeah, it's um, it's something, especially since I've come to Australia, I, I feel that it definitely plays on a player's mind now when the pitch is bad. Because generally, especially in this country, the, the pitches are, are to a very good standard. Um, especially throughout the summer as well, when there's not too much rain and not too many other calls playing on the on the pitches. NIB is the uh, yeah yes. NIB is probably one of the best yeah. pitches in the league, I'd say. Yeah. Um. So every now and then, when you do get um a bad surface, always probably in the past from playing over here, I'd say um Suncorp's always been dodgy. a bit dodgy. Yeah, always cut seems to cut up, and ANZ was never oh, yeah, that was awful never a great a kid, pitch yeah. as well. Rugby league games on there all the time. Yeah, and yeah. and and that's it. And and when you when you want to play a lot of possession-based, like on the ground football, it, you know it, if you're looking at, you know how you want to play and shape up before the game. It, it can play a part, and it, psychologically, it kind of give you a little bit of a, you know, a, a disheartening feeling. I, I, I'd say, yeah. Especially at the back when that ball's coming across your body, yeah. you're going to be thinking twice. I need to, I need to just smash this up the pitch rather than okay, where can I play that next you, pass because it's bobbling around. You definitely do need to take more care. Um, obviously, and 
and focus on your touch and actually watch the ball come into your feet properly. And I think, in a sense, it could work in a more on a more positive note because you actually are concentrating more. And, oh, yeah, I see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you, yeah. you, you, before the game, you're like, oh, actually, I've got to you're like really focus this week because I know the pitch isn't great and I've still got to play the same. You know, the boss is still going to demand a certain style of football from me, so I've still got to perform no matter what the conditions. Is there any way to train for it or is it purely how you can handle it? Um, no, to be honest with you, we've been quite fortunate that our training, past, uh, training ground in the past few years at Gore has been bang average, I'd say. Um, especially in the summer as well when it's really dry and, and the pitches aren't watered. It, it's quite sticky and and that's one positive in game scenarios. The pitches now are all, um, they call they call it pitch licking, Ooh. slicking of the pitch, um, which generally occurs 20 minutes before kickoff and they've obviously put oh, the sprinklers on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that helps a lot massively with the obviously the pace of the ball and, you know, the bounce. Well, the pitch didn't seem to affect Man City as much, and they obviously got the win. They were dominant as ever. They were as good as it gets, really. David Silva should have scored a sitter. Oh, why didn't he shoot? Why did he pass? Mm. I think he he realised my fantasy team was struggling. He wanted to give Raheem some more points, and he fluffed it. So I was spewing. What? Yeah. But he didn't take his chance at all. Pep no. Guardiola was notably and understandably disappointed and furious on the touchline. Yeah, well, they've been playing some seriously champagne football and they really should have put Tottenham to the sword in this game and they've been battering teams weeks before this and I expected them to be this to be a 3-4-0 because Spurs I mean they've been winning but not convincingly against against some poorer sides in the Premier League so I expected more from City but I mean they got the job done in the end and it was Mares continuing his, his great form with a, another cracking goal Oh, what do you think of the game? We watched the, the mini match this morning We did didn't we? Um what was your what was your takeaways from it? Yeah, look, Tottenham had a, a couple of chances. The defending for the goal was shambolic. Aldevar um, Rail's having a shocker this season. Did he lose the man? I thought it was yeah. Davis that lost the runner. See, I thought, I thought it was come from all the way stuff Oh, it. maybe. Um Trippy got absolutely done by Sterling. Mm. Pathetic like from the header the original header or whatever it was, and then yeah. he got beaten um pretty easily. Pretty easily, yeah. yeah. On like the touchline. Touch um yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, was it? Have um, you seen? Larice looked a bit dodgy Larice, as well. Larice is another gaff. Yeah, yeah, and him getting sent off the, in the Champions League as well. For mm. for me, it was it was an obvious error from him. He didn't need to come out. Both centre halves are there. I feel like since the World Cup, he was good for France, except in that final mm. when he made that gaff. But he's, I think, he should be under a bit of pressure. Well, I said it in the World Cup pod he at the did. start. I said he's so prone to an error and like he doesn't fill me with a lot yeah. of confidence and he can, he's continually doing it. And the commentator said in the game last night... When is, how many is, does he have to make? Yeah. 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 And they've got Vorm in back up at Spurs. Especially but with his antics off the field as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, drink maybe, driving. Yeah, you know, still maybe boozy. might make, a, make an example of him, but they obviously sticking with the skipper. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, I reckon that may change come season's end. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But they might sign a big keeper. Yeah. Did you see Pochettino's comments after the game? He's, this is their, this is Tottenham's best start to a Premier League season in the Premier League era, and he's saying he's not feeling good. He's saying he's not feeling good about things, and he's, he mentioned the stadium and how that's not done, how that's playing into things, but he's just he doesn't have a good feeling about how things are going. And this is this is after a fantastic start yeah. for them. So I think it goes to show there might maybe some things behind the scenes where players are a bit, you know. 
disgruntled with what's happening off the pitch. It's such a massive club with all this, with their stadium, and then you've got they're playing on an NFL pitch at home and all this nonsense. I think there's some stuff behind the scenes going on at Tottenham right now. Yeah, no, there probably is. They haven't, they don't look and feel like a team that's going to do Challenge. a lot this year, do they? And yeah. I don't know why. Harry Kane looks a bit slow, but whatever. they're getting very yeah, spurs. I think it's probably again. that. A couple of players just aren't firing, are they? Like we said this morning, didn't we, Stuart, about Ericsson and. And how he's not really performed, you know, yeah. a couple of seasons ago he was all guns blazing. He was he's in been everyone's this year as well. Though. Yeah, he was in everyone's fantasy team, and now he's just kind of he don't got know, pinned, yeah, yeah, plateaued, hasn't it? Mm. All right, Tottenham and Man City. Man City continuing their excellent form, and Tottenham stagnating, and you know, having under a bit of duress at the minute. All right, I want to talk about Chelsea next because no Hazard doesn't mean a thing for this club. <laughs> it seems four nil away at Burnley, and of course Burnley have been up and down this year, and they're not. A top 10 side, I would say. Well, that, no, they are on last season. So, I mean, it's a good win for Chelsea, but to win by such a margin without their key man. Mate. What does this say, Bryce? Burnley are honking. They are shocking this Does this year. say Burnley are honking or Chelsea are really, really good? Both. Mm. Both, I'd say. I think, um, I think Sean Dyche has got to change some things up. Just things aren't clicking for them this season. They're not rock solid at the back, which was what they built last season on. It was the cornerstone for them as their defence. But it's... This this keeps happening the past few weeks. Ross Barkley, new player under Maurizio Sarri. He's looking dangerous, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and just looking at it, when Conte was in charge, he kind of got, Barkley got brought in, kind of, and it wasn't Conte's choice. I think that was obvious. And he didn't really give him a look in that entire time he was in charge. So to see a, a young English talent kind of, you know, mould his game around Sari and work his socks off to get back in there rather than resting on his laurels, collecting a pay packet like a lot of players have done in the past. I think I think it's great for him. I'm over the moon for him, even though he's a toffee. I think I think it was I think it's great for him. Really, really good to see. And Murata scoring as well, seeing a smile on his face after everyone labelling him a flop and all this. I think it's just a few underdog blokes as Granty takes Aristotle's stance oh, on no, the you studio were doing chair. It too, so I thought, yeah. you know, why not? <laughs> Inspiration. I'm going to give it a whirl. I've just sat down. Um, I think it's great that there's. You know, it's going to be Chelsea. It's just like a three-horse race, I feel, at this point. Yeah? Oh, what do you Very reckon? Very interesting. Mm, I don't know whether it's free. I'm still Liverpool and... City for me. Well, no, it's actually a one-horse race because City are going to win it. Mm. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, I just I can't see anyone beating them. They're too good all over the park. Um, what do you reckon about Chelsea? Yeah, Chelsea. Four, Chelsea have Forney without Hazard. What's that? What's they that? have. Um, I've really enjoyed watching them this year so far. Um, yeah, they've definitely stood out, aren't they? And they just seem. I don't know. Sorry's brought a, a style of football where they they press all over the park and they, you know, they constrict teams and. They actually play nice football as well, um, and yeah, they just they've just done really well. I think when everyone thought they might struggle, yeah, well, we we all I think we all said there was a bit of a consensus on that, but because of how late he came in at pre-season, that he wouldn't be able to shape and mould this team into the team that he wanted. But they've just hit to it like a duck to water, and it's been great to watch. And I think it was all those pre-season tests, wasn't it, Granty? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in that game at <laughs> the stadium, the eh? one. But yeah, no, just and we've we've said it about Man City, but they're just and Liverpool as well. The fact that when the big stars are out, um, you know, other people can fill in and do a job, and that's that's the sign of a really good team where everyone's on the same same path, same wavelength, and all things are ticking and all guns are blazing. Even like Loftus Cheek as well, he he scored scored a, scored a few in, and he hasn't been anywhere near the first team. No, that's what I mean. But Fabregas isn't even near the first team. No, Fabregas hasn't started a game more. I don't think he's played a minute yet. Has he no. in the Premier League all season? Someone who so. you'd expect would be 
fantastic in that kind of system of passing and breathe and flow kind of football. But I think Jorginho is just well, there you go. He's a better version right now. Yeah, it's some competition. Actually, he hasn't um, written off a return to Arsenal. Has he not? Cess? Could you imagine that in the January transfer window, Cess back at Arsenal? But Okay, let's go to Arsenal now. Where would Cess Fabregas fit in Arsenal's side at this point? Well, that's a very good question because Guendouzi and Torreira, for me, have been outstanding. And then you've got... Ram- a nozzle. Ramsey, Ozil. Yeah. No, but seriously, you've got Ramsey, Ozil. <laughs> Whether Ramsey stays, of course, is another question. But um, if, if Fabregas were to go to Arsenal in January, which is being written about or whatever um, and if he's keen to go back it'd be a bit of a fairy tale for him I guess it would and I started think his he, career there gets his move to Barca and then works his way back I think if Wenger was there um, that that could be possible I think with Emery and he's moulding his own squad and trying to make his own legacy and style there I can I kind of see is this not happening but th- I think one player that really needs to earn the plaudits at Arsenal is Torreira the Uruguayan has been fantastic he's just a bulldog in the middle wins everything tries his socks off every single game I've watched him play he's that linchpin in the middle for them I feel should try, and get, and should try and get him players. on the pod shouldn't we he's got a great face I for radio I think I'll just give him a shout yeah so <laughs> Arsenal and Crystal Palace drew to all and for mate cracking game yeah, which I tried to get all my mates to watch that. It was so good. Which ended Arsenal. Did any of them watch it, or did the old? Yeah, 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 got two mates. It, yeah, got yeah. two mates. Shouts to Tom King and Charlie Rowe. Thanks for tuning in, lads. <laughs> they, yeah, it was. It had that, as I said to you off air, that kind of finals football atmosphere to it. It was just electric at Selhurst Park. Zaha gone all about. Shaka's goal tackle. It was just. It was brilliant to watch. What do you make of Shaka's free kick? Lucky yeah. far out. Oh, or was that just so a bullet? Good. It was. It was it's a, it was, he's done this many times before. Probably not as consistent as you'd like as an Arsenal fan, but it was just a belter. It's a good trait to be known as someone who can hit the ball from outside the box. Oh, yeah. Think, who it's just, it's have just a plethora of long-range long, long range shots. Exactly. It's such a good highlight reel. Yeah, you just you just watch that shot and you just like, thwack. It Granite was Jacker. fantastic. For those that didn't see it, go look at the highlights. Granite Jacker scored a wicked free kick in the top corner, but from a really difficult angle. Um, and, you know... He would have been in, in any other in any other team. The player would have just dinked the ball into the box looking for exactly. a header. So for him have, to have the um, it's probably that essence of surprise, wasn't it? As well, the keeper probably thought he was going to cross, and he ended up uh, whipping it in the top bins. Yeah, Hennessy, the Welshman, was left stranded. And he's a big keeper he's as well. He's a big lad, very big. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't even reach it. That's the thing. He's over seven foot or whatever. And he, I think he it caught a little nick on the way in though. Ooh. What do we think about Palace Ooh. getting the results? I think they, that's they still haven't scored a goal from open play since I think it was February or something oh ridiculous right. so Milivojevic with the two penalties two penos after missing a crucial one the week, week before yeah. so it was really showed some real bottle to smash those two in and I think his passion shown to the fans it's just great to see this game had everything I, I was happy for Palace to get a point out they deserved they, it definitely. yeah because they've been they've been unlucky as well in over the last month or so and they, they've not picked up, up any points and you know I think Earlier on in the season, they were playing some really nice football when I was watching. So and not know. getting rewarded. Yeah, and I think you know that's a um, bit of good karma that's come come the way on, and hopefully, it starts a run for them. Yeah, they just need to get a striker in in January. I think that that's going to really help them because you've got Ben Teco, who's just you know a shadow of what he used to be when during his time at Aston Villa. They need a striker big time. Yeah, no, I reckon you're exactly right. Um, good result for Palace. Yeah, good result for Arsenal. I would say, given Palace were up and about that match, obviously their unbeaten runs over. But they're looking pretty good this year. Um, before we get to Man U, because they've had a steadying win over Everton, I want to talk about... Give me a table clash, that. 
Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk about Bournemouth <laughs> and their. I want to talk about Bournemouth before we get to United and then Salah's looking ominous again. But Bournemouth beating Fulham three 0 away. Eh, they yep. are danger. Yeah, Bournemouth look good. Let's mm. from the south coast. You've got um, Ryan Fraser up there, and Callum Wilson has been superb this season, and probably the only player that's contributed consistently to my fantasy team. He's, I think they they they're dangerous against any side right now, Bournemouth, and they're they're loving it up there right now. And I just think it's more, I think this is more about how poor Fulham are right now, especially at the back. They invested a lot of money, mm-hmm. over a hundred million pounds, in the summer to bring in players to a squad that got them promoted. And then there's a bit of talk and a bit of feeling now that the players that got them to this position are a bit aggrieved by this. So it's um it's really not all rosy. It's uh. At, uh, down at Craven Cottage right now. Absolutely not. And there's, uh, I'm going to put the furnace on Kamara from Fulham because Ooh. he did something that no one likes to see. Spurs, when it comes to when it matters, we'll just not quite have it. They're playing with 10 half the time with Mesut Ozil in their team. The worst thing you can ever be thrown at your own team or think of them is being bullied and being weak. Maybe that's, that's as good as it gets for them. Right, for those that haven't seen it, and we, as a collective here, hate it. And anyone that really likes the game also does. Uh, Kamara, Fulham's attacker, who's generally coming off the bench, um, came on and did, had performed one of the worst dives you've ever seen in your life, Bryce. Yeah, look, it's just it's one of those... Uh, you'd never like to see this in play, and I think a few people were having a... Quite a few questions were thrown at Zaha for his, whether he put his leg into Chaka for that one. But this one was, there was no question. It was just a blatant and utter dive from Kamara. And the referee rightly, oh, Andre Mariner. Great to see, isn't it? Rightly was over there, called him over yeah. and showed him the yellow sticker. Yellow sticker. William, happened to William as well this weekend. Mm. So um, it's good to see referees picking up on it. So, yeah, I guess that's the only positive you can draw from that nonsense. Alex, obvious question here, but I want your answer. How much do you hate it? Yeah, it is my pet hate. Um, I can't stand it. It, it, it. it ruins the game. I see why players do it. And look, when we're on the end of it, I hate it. Like, I just can't stand it. It's so frustrating, especially when the... Because I feel referees nowadays actually... They, they see it's a dive, but they still give give the give the foul scared why do you think they do that I, I just don't know because it's so hard to give a decision when you're 10-15 metres away like look he, he may have touched it it takes Who some knows? big balls to yeah. say a player's dived big and time. then there's the risk of actually getting it wrong no he actually didn't dive yep. do you know what I mean I think that's what it is I'd, I'd sooner give a pen than give a free kick for diving you're what, you strike me as one of those blokes, Al, that would, when someone dives, you really let them know about it on the pitch. Is oh, that I something you, yeah. Even yeah. at training, I love it. Stay on your feet, you. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that Absolutely is. Absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't stand it. Yeah, but obviously when, when it uh, reaps its rewards, <laughs> <laughs> on my end, you know, one <laughs> of my plays goes down a bit soft, you know, I'm not going to whinge. I'm no. not going to complain, but yeah, it's, it's not so much... I don't know. No, it's shocking. No one likes to see it. It's good when the referees get it right and book them. Uh, maybe VAR, this is the thing, when VAR eventually comes in, diving will be completely eradicated, I would say. But until that happens across the world and all of the domestic leagues, we're going to be still having to be putting up with it 
um, I would say. But look, we'll leave that game there. And we'll leave Kamara from Fulham there from being this week's dive of the week. Yeah, let's not give him any more airtime. No, uh, we'll go to. We're going to go to Liverpool before we get to United, actually, because Mohamed Salah, rightfully so, Mohamed Salah has started to turn it on. Two goals in the Champions League midweek was I, if I'm not mistaken, and then a goal and two assists, I believe against Cardiff City at home. Never Rice. never doubt the Egyptian prince. He's back. Um, He's looking like it, isn't oh, he? Oh, it was fantastic. And the, I think the biggest thing for me with this one, he got a goal and two assists. And he hasn't been cracking smiles and been his usual larrikin self when he was scoring. It was just kind of muted celebrations would just point to the assist maker and just kind of go on with it. This time he smiled and celebrated and, oh my God, it was good to see those. Why do you think, He's, why do you think he's changed his celebration? What's your sort of take on it? I think he's got his confidence again. I think he's he's showing a habit. He's getting into that scoring habit again, and he's he's now gone. Okay, cool. But for before it was a bit sporadic, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Now he's like, oh, okay, I'm getting on a run here, and he's just he's just buzzing again. So I wouldn't I'm be surprised to see him scoring a, a ton over the next few weeks. Yeah, hopefully so. But I think um another player to note, Shakiri. Yep. Just come on. He's he's got his first goal Anfield and just his presence of mind to take a touch in such a crowded box it's and then goal. open up the it was a it was a really well taken goal, his first in Anfield. It was just a great result for him. So I hope hopefully some more to come for the Swiss midfielder, attacker, what would you attacker? Yeah, yeah he's an attacker. He, play, he can play anywhere really in, in that front three in midfield. Unreal yeah. player. Yeah. He, he's not really a winger though, Shakira. He's more no, of a but, he played on the wing. But he style. used to yeah, he used to he used to love it on the wing. So he's he's one of those very versatile versatile sort of players but very dangerous as we saw but Cardiff for them, I mean to their credit huffed and puffed um, got a goal I mean that's only the fourth goal that Liverpool have conceded this season so I st- yeah I still can't see them making it out of the relegation zone but they showed some although it was 4-1 some positive signs they obviously took away Liverpool's clean sheet and not you know Jurgen Klopp as you'd expect as the manager especially late in the game mm. wasn't happening this is what he said it is a dampener about losing his clean sheet. If somebody would have told me 4-1 before the game, I would have taken it, even with the without the clean sheet. But staying on the highest concentration level is a challenge for us. We have to sort it. Now, Alex, it's been a challenge for this club for a few years. Does it really take years and years and years of muscle memory or whatever it is to, to make it, to concentrate right to the end? Like, what changes from one year to the next to make sure you're concentrating right to the end? I think it's Experience. a manager actually pointing it pointing that problem out to start with and saying we do have a concentration problem where we have lapses okay. and it costs us and I think obviously it's like anything in life if you need to be made aware of the problem firstly um, before you act on it because um, some people are oblivious to the fact and um, yeah I, I, I just think just being made aware um, will help a player um, gain more focus Yep, I do agree with you, Alex. Um, but let's go to Man United now. Um, I'm glad we haven't started with them this week. Um, but they did have a steadying win, which I suppose didn't grab as many headlines, so maybe that's why we haven't led with United in this episode. But 2-1 win at Old Trafford, as I mentioned before, after their defeat midweek to Juventus at home in the Champions League. Um, they needed this win, Bryce, didn't they? I think they did. Good mid-table clash with Everton. Um, I think uh, Martial, one player that's been on absolute flames recently, a player that, as we've touched on in the previous couple of episodes, has copped a lot of criticism from his manager. But um, it was a seriously good strike as well. Another curling effort. Um, 
very like the one um, he scored against Chelsea, I think, but I think this had a lot more power to it and bend on it. So really happy for him. And I think the, the funniest thing to come out of this game is Pogba's run-up for the penalty and things you could do in between Pogba lining up for the penalty and actually scoring it. Usain Bolt yeah. won't set the record for the 100 metres in between Pogba doing that run-up, but it was ridiculous. And Pickford saved it in the end, but he was able to bury in the rebound. You have a bit of a shushing uh, celebration there from Poggers. So, uh, Why does Pogba take over 10 seconds to oh my penalty? God, it is painful to watch. And it, it wasn't a good pen. Pickford, Pickford was like, okay, I'm going to stay on my feet until you have to kick it. And there's not going to yeah, be as much power because there's not a big run-up on it. So mm. what, did you, uh, what did you make of the performance, Al? Yeah, look, it was just one. Of, I, th- I just felt like it was one of those where they've just got the result, and you know we move on from it, kind of thing. It was yeah. just a yeah, you know, we got the job done, kind of thing, and and we, like I said, we move forward and take the three points. Not a result to get excited about. No, I don't like we're back, anything like Although that. Although Everton, Everton have been playing quite well recently, they've been mm. picking up some good results, so you could probably take a bit of confidence out of that. I know the main worry they've got now probably is the fact that they've got Bournemouth next week, who are all guns blazing. Which is it the vitality? Yeah, it's that'll well, be a yeah. good game. It will, yeah. yeah. It actually will be a good game. Um, United have struggled there in the past, so it will be a, it will be an entertaining one. No, just just earlier, I was just um, just reading an article um, about Anthony Martial. Obviously, he provided the assist for the penalty mm-hmm. um, and scored a great goal as well um, in the second half um, for the winner. Um, but Gary Neville's pretty much slammed him in the uh, in the post match uh, review um, and said. The Anthony Martial's poor movement off the ball is the key thing which has stunted his progress at Man United. Um and obviously like we all know that he struggled struggled to get into the team since he's been you know, consistently and, and obviously well, he was only in his third and fourth years that's been the case. I think his first two years under Van Hal he was the main man wearing the number nine. Why where's Gary Neville saying this when he's not performing? You know, like, well, why, listen, why, listen, yeah. listen to this. So, uh, Gary Neville's gone on to say, there's never been a player for the last 10 years at Manchester United I've been more confused by as much in terms of what, what is he. Okay. Um, I can't make up my mind, I can't make my mind up. Some weeks he's brilliant, other weeks I'm not sure he's a Man United player. Um, and what drives me crazy about him is he's off the ball work. I'm not talking about his defending, forget his defending, what he, what he does going forward. And Martial doesn't get that. He doesn't know when to run where to be and where to run at the right time. He hasn't got any timing and he runs off the ball. And he's all he's he also pointed out um a couple of interesting stats about the distance he runs in games. Not which enough. I've just looked at and it actually, you know, it fares quite true to be fair. Um so Gary Neville goes on to say, I looked at his physical stats and I got the shock of my life <laughs> <laughs> And he said he said that's why Deschamps and Jose doesn't doesn't fancy him. So Martial um Runs around an average of nine k a game. You've got Mane running two k yeah. more than him. Hazard running a k and a half more than him. Um, you know, Sane's running a k more. Sterling, Willian, um, Salah. All these players are running over a k and a half. You know, when he plays the full ninety, yeah, they're over, all, they're, over the same minutes. You know, they're putting in the work, and mm. obviously Anthony Martial isn't doing it, and I think that's why he's not consistently performing. And he's scoring 10 or 12 goals a season. But, you know, like if he actually ups his work rate, we could maybe see him back in 20, 20 plus goals a season, you know, yeah, if he put it in. Which is what you, what you want for a 15, 50 million pound player, yeah, isn't it? You want definitely more than 10 I, goals a season. Like that's just. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad he's pointed it out because obviously yeah. I didn't realise that he wasn't putting in the work. And for me, obviously playing, 
you do look at the physical stats after games. It's quite interesting. I always mm. look at mine. Um, on average, on average, I, as a centre half, I run anywhere between ten and a half to eleven and a half k. I'd say that usually in that in that bracket. Um, nice little flex there. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, like I, if I was looking at those and seeing Marshall only runs nine k a game for the position he plays, I'd be a winger. Yeah, you got to be bombing up and down. Yeah, it is. That is poor. Does that change your perception on him? Um, you know what? He comes across as a bit casual, a bit not. I'll say I can say lazy now because obviously I've got the stats there to <laughs> prove it. But it up, yeah. nonchalant. You know, I think his demeanour is quite him, nonchalant. Definitely, yeah. You look at him and he's just he's placid. He just looks flat. Doesn't no no real expression on his face. Just. But when the ball's at his feet, he sets the world alight. So he's, yeah, and he's been doing you know some that. Bits but recently. there's flashes, there's yeah. flashes there, and I think that's what everyone's saying about him. There's potential for him to to be the best in the world. I or think yeah, the big challenge to him now is can he do this over the next month rather than just have this two three week spell and then go missing for another couple of months. So I think the next few weeks are really key for him. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, he's a bit lazy, but he, he on talent alone. You say he's scoring 10 to 12 goals a game. I think on talent alone, you look at him and he should be scoring 20. Definitely. And and you look at other prime-time wingers in the Premier League, Yassane, Salas, Sterling, and Mares, yeah, as well. They're getting 15-plus. Mane, yeah. And Mane. So, I mean, he's got to be delivering that. Otherwise, they get someone who... Matt Ritchie. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay. Uh, Otherwise, they should be looking for someone who can deliver that. I think that's a, a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did I just say it was a really good point on my own point, or was I saying agreeing to you guys? I'm going to say. Well, it's the, the last episode, man. Yeah, look, you said it, for the sake, I'm just going to say great point all it round. It cracking work. It works. Yeah. So that's what we've come to, Bryce. You agreeing with your own points here with the shooting czars, yeah. but bit a uh, bit vain for me at the end there. But look, that's all right. It is what it is. Uh, United got that steady win. Okay. Newcastle still bottom of the table. Um, Huddersfield still struggling. As ever, um, anything changes from this week? No, no, they Much they the go. Same. Yeah, are they Cardiff, in? Newcastle, and Huddersfield to go down. Huddersfield to go down. I think we'll all agree. Ten weeks in, I've got no shame. Fulham will hang on. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's gonna win it? City, City, City gonna win it. Yeah. No shadow of a doubt. Yeah. They're, they're, they're too good. We'll collect. I think Liverpool will collect the silver medal. They will. Who is going to get in the top four? Arsenal are going to make top four. I think Tottenham could be that team that doesn't make it. So give me, give me the first. City, give me the first four. City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Chelsea United. Bryce, I'll uh, get United out of there and put them back in tenth, and then I'll uh, sub in Arsenal. I think I'm going to go with. Oh, no. City, Liverpool, Chelsea. Arsenal, I think, as well from me. Ooh. I think you see, uh, you know, Arsenal have, have yet to play the big teams, mate. Well, yeah. we'll see Liverpool versus Arsenal this weekend. There we go. Yep. Oh, well, no, they're still not going to be playing. Four and five is going to be Arsenal or City. I'm going to go with Cardiff, Newcastle, and Huddersfield <laughs> to go down. I hate that I'm saying it, but it's looking pretty bleak unless oh, we get mate. big time investment no. in January. Um, that would be very sad, that. Champions League winners. Do you want to just throw I know we did, we just Juventus. throw all sorts out there. Juventus, you, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce. I think it's quite a, quite an open competition this time, and I think I think that's great for the for the competition in general because the past three years was Real Madrid winning it. I don't know about you, but boring. I think City are going to win it three times in a. Hey, I said this last week, Did and you? you looked at me like I predicted that Southend United will be the Premier League champions in 2020. 
<laughs> like you, you looked at me as if I said the Shrimpers would win the Premier League, and now you're agreeing with me. What's changed? Don't know, mate. Well, we're gonna burn all these these recordings anyway, so <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> They're on the internet. I right? think it's City. Crazy. I think City. City and Juve are the front runners for the Champions League at this moment in time. There you have it. They're our predictions for the rest of the season because, unfortunately, this is the last you're going to hear of us. But to finish up on the final episode, um, I mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to do a little recap of some funny moments and we're going to get the boys' reactions from those moments. So this is the Rewind a la Shooting Zars. Rewind. When the crowd say ball, Rewind. This goes out to all the listeners. Oh, nice, nice one. Just that alone just oh, gets me going. Fantastic sting. Can I have, can you send that to me so it can be my ringtone? <laughs> it's a good vestige tone, although it goes for a bit long. All right, first one. Um, we're going to go back to actually our first ever episode, uh, Series 1, Episode 1, about June this year. Um, yeah, let's see if we sound any different. Sick hand, Martin. Only football can make you feel like this, boys. I can't, oh no, I can't hear myself. How are you, Stu? How Bryce? The wrong mic was on Bryce. Say again, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic now, now that I'm not muted by you. But yeah, no, it's good. Good to be here, mate. Thoughts? <laughs> A common theme, me getting muted at the start of episodes, Stu. I don't know what you were trying to say, but yeah. I mean, it was only a small snippet. No, Pretty me, funny. Me, me and Stu organised it before the pod, just let's, let's pick on Bryce. <laughs> Yeah. We did it. Live together, bully together. Yeah, good sentiment, <laughs> that one. All right, next one. Uh, series one, episode three, the first ever Grunty's Quiz. We're going to go into our new segment here. This is brought to you by Alex Grant himself. This is the Alex Grant Quiz. It's time for Grunty's Quiz. Hello, the listeners. Today on Grunty's Quiz, we have Stewie Davis, a 23-year-old playground designer whose interests include the great outdoors, swings, and watching the sunset. And beside him this evening, we have B-Boy Conway, a 24-year-old <laughs> dolphin trainer who tries to play on the left wing for UWA at Netherlands on a Saturday, Saturday morning. How are we, boys? Good, mate. I am uh, so much better after that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That was fun. It was good. I just, I, no, Granny's quiz was good. I just I love how all our things, people would think like, oh, okay, like before we get in, we're going to, okay, this is our plan. We're going to really test this out and see how we go. I think that was literally done in 15 seconds. Like, should we just do Countdown and Millionaire? And it yeah. was just done like that. I feel I feel like we've gone, well, we, we've ended a lot more big time than, than at the start. You know, I feel like we, we're a lot more professional now than we were back then. We've Absolutely. had a, we've, we've, we've had definitely matured. Oh yes, like a fine cheddar. Well, we've yes. got about twenty-five episodes. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how many. Don't know how many hours we've done been doing this for. But let's, quick, let's keep this moving. All right. Series one, episode thirteen. This is when England looked like they were going to win the World Cup. On the fourth take, once again, we're back. This is the Shooting Stars World Cup podcast, episode nine, and we're all in exceptionally good spirits because it's coming home. And I know my English friend on the panel in Perth with me is particularly excited. Alex Grant, how are you feeling after the 
This is our feeling, mate. It's, it's coming on. It's coming on. I'm buzzing. I say what, mate. Not so smiling for three days. <laughs> Fantastic. Happy man. It didn't end the way you wanted it to, though. Good times, though, mate. What, what a... Yeah, what a, what a time. That's what we were doing the podcast via the internet, which is... Uh, you know, it's a bit difficult at times. Waking up around 5.30, o'clock. We did, didn't we? In, we were yeah. saying, weren't we? We were doing it every every three days or so. and Going to Satchmo for an ice latte afterwards. Just fantastic. Fantastic time to be alive. Was on it. Looks Absolutely. It. Bring oh, it back. Bring it back. We might be back. But last one. Uh, this is from this season, episode two. Uh, it's probably the, the most hated things I've ever got in the studio. This is Bryce and Alex going toe-to-toe about Mazarozzo. <laughs> Paycheck. Well, there you go. Where you go? I know <laughs> what you're gonna say. I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs> and Bryce has Bryce has just said about Meza Ozil. Meza Ozil is a scapegoat in the Premier League, and you're only criticising him because everyone else criticises him. Ooh. Not true. It is Not because true. he is a scapegoat. I agree, he's a scapegoat. That's because not the reason he, I criticise him because he doesn't run around. Soft. Because he doesn't run around and put his body on the line like some of the other players you look at in the Premier League. He is soft, like you've just said. He can't pass a ball when he should be able to. He can't dribble and beat plays. He can't do this. He can't do that. There are ten other Arsenal players in that team who didn't, who don't perform on a regular basis. And and I, I think Mesut Ozil is very hard done by because he's a very good player and he can do it. But there is a lot of weight on his shoulders in a bang average team. The but second time you said yeah. bang average this episode. <laughs> that was heated. Wow. Yeah, it was, I think, a rivalry was born that day and it'll forever continue, Granty, but <laughs> it's good to see that Arsenal are still bang average. <laughs> <laughs> I going to... 10 wins in a row. I'm glad, then... though, I'm glad that Mesut Ozil's come through for me and he's actually performing week in, week out now. Oh, yeah. I mean, against Palace, he went missing and spat the dummy when he got subbed, sure. But, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. All right. There you have it. Well done, guys. Has it been fun? I loved it, mate. been great. Thanks for the opportunity, lads. It's yes, been, um, really honestly. Good Absolute pleasure. I think that World Cup period was amazing. Just getting around, watching so much football together and just, you know, early mornings coming in the studio as well. It was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was cool to uh, do what we did, I guess, and interview a few of the people along the way, which was fun as well. But I guess thanks to the people that actually did listen uh, to all the episodes and people that actually have followed us from the start. We ended up getting nearly 5,000 downloads yeah, all close. up. So that's very um, close. Means a lot. That does mean a lot yeah. and it's pretty cool. But I'm sure we'll still be active on Instagram, sort of putting up photos and creating a bit of And it's not the end, is it? It's nah. not the end because we might be back one day. We might be back, but for the meantime we're gonna put it on hold. Yeah, yeah and obviously a big big thank you to um Gareth Morgan for helping us out with getting the name and giving us some ideas for the podcast. Um the media manager at Perth Glory and then Henry King for his sublime graphic work and uh Bridget for putting up with me talking about myself on uh, radio and podcast. So thanks very much to everyone that's helped us out and listened. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. That has been the final episode, episode 13 of series two of the Shooting Czars podcast, formerly World Cup podcast. It sort of just morphed into a football podcast and the podcast, I believe. But uh, that's curtains for us. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks very much. Absolute pleasure, Stu. Thanks for all your hard work behind the desk on the ones and twos. You can catch Bryce uh, on the Perth Glory podcast. He's featuring on that every week. And our best of luck this year, my friend. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Hopefully we uh, we win some silverware at the end of the season. Come on, the Glory boys. Bryce is off to Japan this week, and then some things are changing around in Perth, so unfortunately we won't be back. Mysterious. Next I'm staying. For <laughs> all the Glory fans, I'm staying. Don't want It's wanna. not my fault. <laughs>
but uh, I guess I'm not going to say, I usually say it at the end of the episode, unfortunately this time we won't be back next week. Thanks for listening. Here comes Alan Shearer.